Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. First Samuel chapter 3. Samuel at this point is a very young boy. And he hasn't heard from God yet. He'll go on to become a, a great man of God, do, do incredible things. But at this point, he's still just a young boy. And as he's sleeping, he begins to hear someone call out his name. He hears a voice say, Samuel, Samuel. And so he wakes up and he goes to his mentor or to his uh, teacher or whatever you want to call it. And uh, Eli, and he says, hey, did you call me? This is in the middle of the night. Wakes up his teacher and says, hey, did you call me? Eli says, I didn't call you. Go to bed. So he goes back to sleep. And again, he hears a voice call him Samuel, Samuel. So he jumps out of bed, goes to his teacher and says, you called me. He said, no, 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 I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And then again, he hears a voice, Samuel, Samuel. He jumps out of the bed and he goes to his teacher and he says, you did call me. I hear your voice calling me. And Eli realizes it's God who is calling him. So Eli tells him this, go to bed. And when you hear this voice again, simply answer with, here I am, Lord. I'm listening. I'm ready to hear you. Samuel goes back to bed. Sometime later, he hears a voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, here I am, Lord. Here is your servant. I think it's so important for us to learn to hear the voice of God and to recognize the voice of God. You see, God is speaking to us. God tries to to, uh, speak to us. He tries to tell us things. He tries to maybe warn us about situations or maybe he tries to direct our paths in some areas. And sometimes I think there's just so much static on the line that we can't recognize his voice. Anybody ever felt that way? You see, we serve a living God. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's speaking to them and he says, when you were Gentiles, he says, you followed dumb idols. He doesn't mean dumb as in stupid. He means dumb as in gods that couldn't speak. They were, they were things. They didn't have life. They didn't have breath. They couldn't speak to you. He says, but you now serve a living God. And that's who we serve. We, sit, we serve a living God who speaks to us. And I think it's important, again, for us to learn to understand and to listen to the voice of God. So we're going to read this, these scriptures, and then we're going to jump into the text. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Highlight that. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass that and it came to pass, excuse me, at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now now highlight this right here. Verse 7. 
Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. That's huge. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord, w- and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your presence that we've already felt in this place. God, we believe that you speak to us on a daily basis. You're constantly reaching out to us. God, this morning, help us to learn how to hear, how to recognize, how to discern your voice. God, help us understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Amen. So let's jump to John chapter 10. Keep something there in, in 1 Samuel, but ju- jump to John chapter 10. Verses 25 through 27. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me. So people are asking Jesus, who is he and, and, and who should they believe? And he says, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. But you, not, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. One of the biggest things to hearing and recognizing the voice of God is that we have to be his sheep. In other words, we have to have had that moment when we have given our life to Jesus. Now, if we haven't gotten to that point yet and we're not a Christian, we're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus still loves us. Jesus still loves you and he wants you to come to him, but you are not yet his child. You are not yet one of his followers, one of his sheep. So you're not going to understand, you're not going to recognize the voice of God. You guys with me? So in the same way Zion can recognize my voice, it was so funny, it was was a few weeks ago, and uh, I think it was a Wednesday night, we've got music blaring in here, Kids are running around everywhere, and I am over there in that corner, and Zion is over here about to grab a drumstick, and I know what's about to happen. And so I just say, Zion, and it was so funny because he actually heard it. There was so much noise that could have drowned out my voice so easily, but he actually heard it. And as soon as he heard my voice say, Zion, he goes, And he starts looking for me. 
And so I have to wave at him, here I am. And once he finds me, I say, just shake my head no. Puts the drumstick down. But because he's my son, he heard my voice. He knew my voice. Through all of the noise and through all of the chaos, if you've never been in here on a Wednesday night, just come in here on a Wednesday night. There is so much chaos in this room right here. Kids playing hide and seek, kids playing tag, kids racing each other, kids throwing stuff at each other. It's so much fun. We love it. Anyways, throughout all the chaos, Zion was able to hear my voice because he's my son. He's heard me say, Zion, at least a couple million times by now. If you don't believe me, just spend a couple hours with us. You'll, You'll believe it. So the the first requirement to hearing and recognizing the voice of God is that we have to be his follower. We have to be his sheep. And listen to this. But it's also a promise. It's not just if you are or when you become, but it's also a promise that if we are his followers, if we are his sheep, that we will hear, that we will recognize at some point his voice. And I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me because there's been times in my life where I'm praying about something and I get nothing. You ever been there? And I'm praying so hard that I start to kind of battle within myself. Is this God or is this me or is that or am I just so far away from God or is God just so far away that I can't hear him, that he can't hear me? What's going on? And so we can go back to this scripture and know that it is a promise that because we are his, because I am a child of God, he will speak. And so maybe you're in a season where you have been praying about something and it just seems like God has been silent. It just seems like God isn't saying anything or maybe you're confused and and you just feel like God isn't being clear. Rest in this promise. Don't try to manufacture something. Don't try to make up something. Don't try to guess that this is God. Rest in this promise that because you are his, you will hear the voice of of God. That's reassuring to me. That gives me comfort. That makes me feel a lot better about all of those days that I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray and it just seems like I'm not getting anything. Because if we're honest, most of the times what it does me anyways is it makes me question, well, am I even close enough to God? Is he even hearing me? Can he hear me? You know, I want you to know this. I want you to know you're never too far away from God for him to hear your voice. He will always hear your voice. Now, the problem is this. We can be so far away from God that we don't hear his voice. You with me? 
You see, when we begin to obey God and when we obey his voice, what that does is it makes his voice louder. It turns the volume up on God's voice. But whenever I hear God's voice or I read God's commandments and I choose and I willingly disobey God's voice and that turns the volume down, that makes his voice in my life quieter. So we're, we can never be so far away from God that he doesn't hear us. He's always going to hear us. James says that if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. We are never so far away from God that he cannot reach us. The problem is sometimes we disobey so much that we don't hear his voice clearly. You guys with me? You ever had one of those friends that it just doesn't seem to matter how much you try to encourage them, how much you try to give them just good, sound advice? They keep doing that same dumb thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah? And so what happens, kids? (laughs) And so what happens? Eventually, we just become silent about that issue. Right? They're not going to listen anyways. See, so God isn't so far away that he can't hear us. But maybe our disobedience has turned his volume down so much in our lives. He's still speaking. He's still trying to reach out. We can still hear him, but now there's just so much more static on, their, on that line. There's so much more uh, noise and chaos going on that it makes it harder and harder to hear. So you know what the answer, you know how you begin to flip that? is you begin to be obedient. If that's where you're at today, if it, if it has been, if you've been so d- disobedient that God's volume has been turned down in your life, what you begin to do is you begin to look at what you know God says and you begin to do those things in your life. And the longer you do that and the more obedient you are, again, the louder that volume is going to be. You guys with me? I'm moving forward anyways. Number two, God's voice often sounds like a whisper in our minds or or and our hearts. God's voice often sounds like a whisper in our minds and our hearts. First Kings chapter 19, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I've preached so many times on this on this story out of the Bible. But Elijah has, has heard from God. There's so many people just not following God at this time. And, and Elijah has heard from God. And God says, Elijah, go to the king and let him know it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. So Elijah goes and he tells the king, hey, God says it's not going to rain until we say it's going to rain. The king kind of laughs like, who can control the rain? Come on, are you kidding me? 
God sends Elijah to rest by this brook, and then there's this bird, this raven, or this crow, whatever it is, comes and brings him food every single day. He's living it up for a couple of years. But then everything goes dry, and then finally, when that little brook goes dry, God sends Elijah back, and he says, hey, he says, go to the king, and now get all of the prophets of Baal and all of the other idols, and we're going to see who God is, and we're going to make this big altar. This is what they did. The, uh, the prophets of Baal, of Jezebel, made one altar, and then Elijah makes another. And the purpose was we prepared the entire altar, but then we don't set fire to it. Our God is going to. And so Elijah... Or, or the prophets of Baal, they set up the altar, they put kindling under it, and then they start dancing and they start praying and, and nothing happens. No fire begins to consume the altar. And then, uh, so what they begin to do is they start to shout and Elijah starts mocking them. There's like four or five hundred of them and Elijah starts making fun of them and says, hey, maybe your God's sleeping. Just sh- shout a little bit louder. And so then these guys actually grab swords and start to cut themselves. See, cutting is demonic, and it didn't just now start a couple years ago. This has been going on for centuries. They begin to cut themselves, trying to get some type of response out of their God, and absolutely nothing happens. Their time is up, and and Elijah says, all right, let's get mine. But we're not just going to build an altar. We're not not even going to put up any kindling. He says, actually, we're going to douse it with water. And so they bring jug after jug of water and they, and they fill up this ditch around it and the altar is completely consumed in water, drenched in water. And it's amazing. Elijah says this simple prayer. He says, God, that they would know that you are the living God. Let fire consume this. And then immediately fire falls down from heaven and consumes Everything not only consumes the the sacrifice on the altar, but consumes all of the water, dries everything up, burns and scorches the altar, and immediately an entire nation knows who God is. Sometime after that, the word gets back to Jezebel that Elijah has killed all of her prophets. And so... Elijah sends, or Jezebel sends word, Jezebel is a queen at that time, sends word to Elijah and says, hey, in 24 hours, you're going to be just like them. In other words, in 24 hours, I'm cutting your head off, bro. So Elijah goes and he hides and he's crying and he's so fearful for his life. And God says, what's the deal? And then God says, you know what, Elijah, go out. He's in this cave. He says, go out. Stand at the edge of the cave because I'm about to go by. And God sends a huge wind. The Bible says that it tears into the mountain and breaks rocks, but God wasn't in it. And then God sends this huge earthquake and it shakes the ground, but God was not in it. And then he sends fire. Remember, God had just moved through fire and God was not in it. And then a gentle whisper and Elijah covered his face and he knew that God was there you see I think so many times we expect to hear from God in some huge miraculous form but the truth is God is often speaking to us in our hearts just a gentle small whisper in our hearts and in our minds 
And I think so oftentimes we discredit the voice of God in our lives because it just seems too simple. It just seems too easy. Let's not forget that God created the entire world and the entire universe using what? What did he use? His words. Voice. You know how many words he used to create light? Let there be light. What is that? Let there be light. So if you're hearing four small words in your soul or in your mind over and over and over and over and over again, don't discredit it as being too small to be from God. Because God can do great things with small words, can he not? So this is what happens. I want to read just a couple of scriptures to you. Just don't go, don't go there because I'm just going to do it quickly. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What this is saying is now that we used to walk in the flesh, in other words, by our own desires and our own wants, by our sin. He says, but now we are walking in the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts after the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So if God speaks to us and if he's speaking into our minds and if he's speaking through a whisper into our heart, I think it's important for us to learn to discern or recognize the difference between what God is saying and through between what I am saying. Right? You ever had that question? Was this God really saying this or is it just me? Yeah? Yeah? The rest of you, you guys are just, you guys need to be given this message. We have these questions. So here's just a couple of ways, easy ways that we can recognize the difference. So God's voice is going to comfort the flesh or the sin is going to make us worry. God's voice is going to comfort us. The flesh is going to make us worry. Worrying is not from God. First Timothy says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of self-dominion. If you are worrying and worrying and worrying, that is not from God. You need to hand it over to God and let him take control of the issue. God is going to convict. Our flesh is going to bring shame Conviction says, hey, buddy, you're doing wrong, and this is how you need to change it. Shame says, I did wrong, I am wrong, I am evil, and I'll never change. God convicts, God's word, God's spirit convicts us and let us know when we did wrong and lets us know when we need to change, but he doesn't bring shame. He lets us know that there's hope. He lets us know that we can change. But Satan brings shame. God God will always encourage us when he speaks to us. Our flesh will discourage us. God's word gives wisdom. 
The flesh brings confusion. God will never try to confuse you. And I want to apologize for all of you that maybe grew up in the church and you're so confused about God and you're so confused about the church. You're so confused about what to believe. I want to let you know it is not because God is confusing. It is not because his word is confusing. It's because people try to make simple things complicated. God will not confuse you. God will give you wisdom. God will bring clarity. God will always build with his words. He won't destroy. He'll build relationships around you. He'll, he'll build you up and he'll make you better. He'll make you stronger. He's not going to, to destroy you. He's not going to tear you down. God is always going to be truthful. God cannot lie. God is always going to be truthful. Our flesh is going to lie. God is going to bring approval. He's going to approve of you, of who you are. We don't change so that we can come to God. We come to God so that we can be changed. God is going to bring approval when we hear him. Satan in our flesh is going to bring accusations. He's going to accuse us. God says, I have taken your sin and I have put it behind me. I've separated it, I have separated it as far as the east is from the west. But Satan's going to say, this is who you are in your sin. So God brings approval. Our flesh brings accusation and God always will always unify. He'll always unify. And our flesh will want to divide. So these are just some ways that you can just use this, and there's so many others, but these are just the top ones that I, I chose to write down. But these are just some ways, whenever you're, you're hearing that voice or in your mind or in your heart, these, these are some questions that you can ask yourself. And you can begin to discern and begin to recognize what is the voice of God and what is not the voice of God. Third, and this is so important, God's voice will always align with God's word. God's voice will always line up with what the Bible says. Again, God cannot lie. He will not lie. He will not contradict his word. You guys with me? So if you think... It's God telling you to lie. It's not God telling you to lie. If you think it's God telling you that it's okay to cheat on that test, it's not God. Oh, I got blessed with the cheat sheet here. No, no, no. That didn't happen, bro. So God's word will always line up or God's voice, excuse me, will always align itself with God's word. And the more, and this is, this is why it's so important to read your Bibles, guys, because the more you know about God's word, the easier it's going to be for you to recognize or discern the voice of God. Several years ago, whenever we were doing the band thing, we went um, 
to Northwest Arkansas, and it was we were so excited because there was going to be this huge um, Christian personality there, and I'm not going to say any names, but but uh, just huge, very very famous. Um, organization and we were so excited like we all thought like this was going to be our big breakthrough didn't we Josh it wasn't it wasn't just for the record but anyways we all thought like this is going to be so awesome and it's you know we're going to get to go on tour with them anyways but they start teaching and whenever they begin to start teaching I'm sitting there and I'm thinking I don't think that's right But then I begin to question myself because, well, they speak to thousands. I've never spoken at that time to a crowd of more than 100. They get to travel all over the world, and I don't even make it outside of the state of Arkansas. So I begin to question myself, but they keep saying these things, and they keep saying it. And I remember I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling within myself. And they, they, they tell us, they flat out tell us this thing that was just, now I know was absolutely wrong. But again, I'm questioning myself because I held them up on such a high pedestal. And I'll never forget this. They take us into this room and I go and I find a corner all by myself and I just sit down and I really kind of got in the fetal position there because I was really freaking out. And I remember I, I just, I talked to God and I said, God, If this really is you, if they really are right, then I want to feel something right now because I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling you in in this at all. And then everybody else, though, is like, you know, what type stuff. Everybody else just seems to be having an amazing experience. And I'm over here by myself, and I, I don't believe this is you. God, if this is you, please, please let me feel something. And I remember God reminded me of something that I had read, not even in that week, not even in that month. I mean, some time ago, he reminded me of something I read in the Bible. And that word said, well, I'm not I'm not going to say, but that word basically discredited everything that they were teaching. And if it were not because I had read that scripture beforehand. You see, God used what I already kind of knew, what I had already read, what I had already heard. He used that to show me that indeed they were doing wrong. You guys with me? And if it would not have been for that, then I would have still been so confused. And the people, we took a, a, a crowd of, or we took a few youth with us. And, and those that went with us, they would have been confused. And, and they would have been, honestly, just living a lie. Believing a lie. But because I had read a little bit of the Bible, God used that to speak to me. And I was able to judge for myself. Test the spirits is what the Bible says. Is this of God or is this not of God? You guys with me? So it's so important to read your Bibles, guys. Hey, if, if listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually don't do a whole lot of reading myself. 
What I do is I listen a lot. I drive a lot. So in my truck, I turn on Audible or I turn on the Bible and I just listen to it read to me. You can do that. If you're not a good reader, you know, you're, you struggle with words like iron or iron, whatever it was last week. That's okay. That's okay. Listen to it. If you don't like to wear glasses, but you need glasses to read, listen to it. But it's so important for us to know what the word of God says. Because there's so many people out there. The Bible calls them wolves in sheepskin. Who are out there just manipulating and lying. You know those guys. Hey, God's going to heal your cancer. All you got to do is buy this $500 cookie off of me. Are you kidding me? Show me that in the Bible. Nobody, nobody else has ever heard that stuff? They're wolves in sheepskin. And they're preying off of people who don't know. They're not bad people because they don't know, but they don't know. And so they believe anything and everything. You know, the kind of people that drink the Kool-Aid in Waco. Because they don't know. You with me? If you read the Bible, if you learn just a little bit of what the Bible says, I promise you God's voice will be clearer to you. God will use what you have read, what you have heard to speak to you. Any of you guys ever just been going on through life and then all of a sudden you're going through a situation and then you, you, you remember what you heard on a Sunday morning or on a podcast or whatever and it really just comforts you or, or it really helps you out in that situation? No? I suck. Y'all need to fire me. <clears throat> but when we know God's word he'll speak to us or excuse me he's already speaking to us we'll recognize his voice then the fourth thing is just so simple to hear God's voice would you imagine that you have to listen you have to listen Again, so many times God is speaking to us. God is talking to us. God is, God is trying to do something through us. But we're just so busy sometimes that we can't hear his voice. We can't recognize his voice. Eli says, it's God who's calling you. And he says, next time he calls you, He says, answer with speak, Lord, for your servant hears. This is what I believe. I believe there's some of us or probably all of us in here, we need to hear from God. Maybe there's a couple of you that you've been, you have been praying about something and you're just drawing a blank. And there's just so much static on that line right now. 
And it just seems like you can't hear. If God is speaking, you sure can't hear him. Maybe it's because of disobedience in your life. Maybe it's because you don't know enough of the word. Or maybe it's because you're just not listening. What I want to do this morning is I want to take some time. We're going to set this atmosphere. Let's go ahead and get the lights low, Yanni. That way nobody's looking around. We're just going to set this atmosphere. and We want you to hear from God. We want you to take this time to just say, speak, Lord, here I am. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what it is that you've been going through. But I believe that you need to hear from God. Everybody bow your head. God, we just thank you so much this morning because you are a living God because you speak to your people. And this morning, we ask you, God, that you would speak to us, continue to speak to us. And our only response this morning is, speak, Lord. We're listening. Speak, Lord. Here I am. Lord, if they're static on the line because of disobedience this morning, we repent in the name of Jesus. Forgive us in the name of Jesus. We want to do better and we want to follow you. We will walk in obedience with you. Lord, this morning, help us to listen and hear that gentle whisper. Remind us of your promises throughout the Bible that we've heard or that we've listened to, that we've read. Speak, Lord. Hear we are. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.theremodelchurch.com.